everybody. It's the WaitingForNextYear.com podcast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. I am your host, Craig Lindell, and we are finally back into football season. The Cleveland Browns had a practice in their stadium in front of fans this past weekend. There's all kinds of stuff going on, so let's talk about everything. Uh, we have not been with you in quite some time. I want to thank the Dairy Brothers for doing their very excellent Dairy Brothers Tribe cast. Who knows what it will be called next year when they are the Guardians, but it's awesome. I, I love how those guys keep me up to date with Cleveland baseball, let alone the rest of you. But now it's it's football season. I'm back. We are ready to talk about the football team, the Cleveland Browns. Um, this is This is by far the most exciting Cleveland Browns season lead up that I can remember. Um, we haven't had expectations like this. We haven't had reasonable expectations like this in quite some time. Uh, probably for a lot of you since you were born. Uh, that's how long, that's how far back this one goes. So I am super, super pumped. I love pretty much everything that the team has done. Um, and that's not me being an apologist like years past. I think I actually have a good reason for that this time. They finally answered the question, would an analytics-driven organization sign a running back? Now, Nick Chubb gets his deal. He's going to stay with the Browns. He gets an extension. And it was, a, it was definitely a team-friendly deal. So you have to feel good about that as a fan of the Cleveland Browns. Joe Banner on Twitter, of course, thought that uh, it was a crime against the player, that the player should fire his agent. Um, I could see that. A lot of people want to trash Joe Banner because he's trashing the deal for everybody's favorite Cleveland Browns running back. But I, I get where he's coming from. If, if you're in the business of maximizing every dollar a player earns, then Chubb's deal is not that great. It just isn't. You, you look at Ezekiel Elliott, you look at, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the guy from the, Calif the California, the Carolina Panthers, Doesn't uh, Christian McCaffrey. You look at some of the other deals out there, and no, it's not dollar for dollar, it's not as much money. But what it, what it does give Nick Chubb is guarantees. It gets him... Um, life-changing, life-altering money, and it locks him up. It gives the Browns flexibility. It gives him one more chance at the age of 29 to go for one more big contract. So, yes, could he have gotten maybe a little bit more money, a little bit more guaranteed? Yeah. Um, and, and at the running back position, that's probably preferable because who knows what condition he's going to be in at age 29 to sign his next deal, if he is in any condition to sign his next deal. That's that's just the nature of the running back position. But as far as the team goes, as far as the player goes, he, did he trade every last dollar for, for some flexibility and for some guarantees? He kind of did the Browns a favor, I would say. And in that respect, Joe Banner's right. You can't really argue with that. Um, I don't... I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for the player. Like I said, he gets some additional flexibility. He gets 
one more chance before the age of 30 to sign his next deal. Um, so that's worth something. And he also gets to guarantee himself to play for Kevin Stefanski, probably with Baker Mayfield, with a team that has an offensive line that, that lets him maximize his success on the field. That's worth something, too. Um, it's, it's interesting. Ezekiel Elliott is one of those interesting cases because Zeke earned the majority of that money on that deal playing behind this insanely good offensive line, and then he gets the ridiculous contract from the Cowboys and, and really... Um, the ridiculous deals are the ones that don't make any sense. They set a precedent for the players, and of course, every uh, every agent out there will want to utilize that to try it and get the most for their player. But they don't they don't make sense for the team. They they generally lead to some discomfort between the player and the team at some point down the road. And now maybe you don't care because as the player you've gotten more money and or you've gotten that that cash but there's something to be said for the stability of the the clarity of knowing where you're going to play and who you're going to be playing for and what kind of an environment and and knowing that you are making a lot of money but that you're also not making so much money that you're going to be a cap casualty and you're going to get cut loose these are the balances that i i think players sometimes make that look that look bad to that player agent focused philosophy. Um, could Nick Chubb have gotten more money? Yes. Could Nick Chubb have gotten more money from the Browns? Maybe not. And if he wanted to stay in Cleveland, this is the hard thing for people to wrap their brains around. Cleveland is now a team that players might want to actually stay with and play for. Cleveland is now a destination where you might listen to them when they structure the deal in a certain way because they're trying to hold this team together in a way that maximizes the success uh, and the chances of winning a Super Bowl. Now, does Nick Chubb sign that same deal for a team that didn't make the playoffs last year? I, I don't know. I can't answer that, but You've got to think it's far less likely. The Browns used to be the home of the biggest deal, the last dollar. The Browns weren't going to get you unless you came up with every last dollar. Was it Bart Scott? Was it Bart Scott who made a phone call on his free agent visit from the bathroom in Berea, begging his agent to get him out of there? He didn't want to sign with the Browns. It's been a long time since that. A lot of water has gone under the bridge. And that's that's the environment with which Chubb signed that deal. And you, you've got to take that into account. So another kind of related thing that I think we should talk about, Tack McKinley is another free agent signing. The, is a signing the Browns made this offseason for their defensive line. And... They did this after they kind of played hardball with Sheldon Richardson. And now Tack McKinley is away from the team for an undisclosed reason for an undetermined amount of time. An undisclosed reason for an undetermined amount of time. 
and this is a guy that the Browns were presumably counting on to take over for Sheldon Richardson to be uh, a potential mainstay on their defensive line as they challenged for the playoffs. They took a gamble on a guy who's had some issues, um, some issues being the kind of player that you could count on and uh, not being kind of flaky. And here he is being kind of flaky when the Browns had the the definition of the solid veteran in Sheldon Richardson and they played hardball. Now, we don't know how this is going to turn out, but you, you can't feel good about it right now. If you, if you paint it as a choice where the Browns chose Tack McKinley over Sheldon Richardson, you can't feel good about it. If you just look at it as an isolated move where the Browns took a gamble on Tack McKinley, you can't feel good about it that way either. And meanwhile, the Browns presumably were counting on Tack McKinley to, uh, to, be, to be a real important component to that defense this season. So I, I don't know. Uh, Andrew Barry seems to have more hits than misses, but we do have to call out the misses, I think. Um. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. So I, I don't want to dwell on the ne- negativity, though, because there's one bit of news, and, and I always try and take all training camp news and training camp stories with a grain of salt because we've seen a lot of workout warriors do really amazing things on the practice field of Berea and then not really amount to much on the, on the, on the playing field. But one of the guys who, who flashed as a rookie is apparently flashing even more in training camp. And that's Donovan Peoples Jones. The Browns drafted this dude in the sixth round they didn't count on him early on in the season, but as injuries piled up, as, as the season wore along, they needed him, and he really, really showed up. He went, had the game-winning touchdown against the Bengals from Baker Mayfield. He just, first of all, when you look at him, he 
he reminds you of Josh Gordon because he's so big. He's just so big and, and imposing, physically imposing when you see him on the field. And now if he catches as well as he did his rookie year, and it certainly seems based on training camp returns so far that he's going to, this is, this is the future of the Browns receiving core. And it's just really, it's very encouraging to see, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen by accident. This, it's, it's so easy to see a situation where in previous years, the Browns would have selected this guy in the sixth round. They would have needed him far too early. They would have depended on him far too much. He wouldn't have had a chance to grow into the offense, to grow into a role, to kind of go under the radar to make some big plays. And then all of a sudden, a guy like that crumbles under the pressure. He busts out. He doesn't develop the way he could. And all it's just another wasted six-round pick or another story. Well, you know, six-round picks are gambles. You're not going to get them right. The Browns are now a team that is talented enough and has a good enough culture that they're not thrusting rookies directly into the, the into the limelight, putting all the pressure of the world on them to fill really important roles from the minute they sign their contracts. And I think that extends your opportunity to find that diamond in the rough, to, to make the most of your six-round picks. Maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones always becomes this player. I mean, we're talking about a highly recruited college player who played in some unfortunate circumstances with some mediocre quarterbacks at Michigan, but maybe he was always going to flourish in the NFL. But how many times have we seen the Browns take somebody with potential, burn them out, and, and watch them fail? It's just so nice to see a guy get drafted, make the most of his opportunities, but also his opportunities came in, a, in an organic time frame as opposed to opening week. You know, when the, I hate always bringing up Corey Coleman. I don't think it's fair to Corey even, but, you know, first round wide receiver brought in to, to basically take over and become the number one receiver for the Browns with Deshaun Kaiser as his quarterback and Isaiah Crowell is the running back. He didn't have his best chance to become the best version of Corey Coleman he was ever going to become. And that was a first round pick. The Browns were the kind of team that either wasted first round picks by picking the wrong guys or doomed them to failure because they were in a position where they couldn't maximize their talents or maybe a combination of the two. You can look at Greg Newsom the same way. They draft him out of Northwestern first round. It looks like he might be able to win a spot, but they 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 get the guy in addition to, to Johnson out of out of the Rams. They they get additional corners. They've got a couple of corners that they've drafted over the last few years who are also going to compete at the spot. They've got Denzel Ward as the as the number one cornerback on the depth chart to start the season. And so if Greg Newsom ends up starting as a first round rookie, 
okay, but it's not the same as there's no Denzel Ward, there's no Greedy Williams, there's no, there are no other cornerbacks. And instantly they, they not only draft the guy, but he is counted on to be the number one guy and cover the hardest receiver every single week to be picked on by every quarterback the Browns face this year. It's just the Browns are finally in a position to, number one, maximize the talents of the guys they draft. They're in a position to have guys like Nick Chubb sign deals that are a little bit team-friendly because they want the Browns to have the flexibility to keep that team together. They're, they're in this position that we haven't seen them in in our entire some of us our entire lifetimes as Browns fans, and for most of us, not in the modern era, not anywhere close to this in the modern era. Which brings us finally, last but not least, and this is the last kind of contract thing I think I'll talk about because we're going to have real football to talk about. We don't, we don't need to deal with contracts unless the Browns get somebody else signed. Baker Mayfield. Um, I have no idea what Baker Mayfield's going to sign for. Josh Allen signed a deal with an average annual value of $43 million, which is an extension. The structure of it's kind of interesting because with, with some years left on his rookie deal and Josh Allen signing an extension, that means they take the signing bonus now and they're essentially prepaying some of those future cap dollars. The league also knows that I think the salary cap is like 182 million this year. They think it could be as high as 208 million in 2022. And that's and then the the new media rights deal comes through. The the NFL is a TV run business and that new TV deal comes through. And so the cap's going to explode. And so whatever they sign Josh Allen for today, 43 million average annual value, you know, 40 is the new 30. Uh, it used to be 30 or 35 million was the top end for a quarterback. So guys like Russell Wilson, uh, even Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, I think, is like more of that $30 million guy. And that used to be a gaudy number. It's not gaudy anymore because the cap changes, the cap goes up, and, and we just continue to pay quarterbacks more and more. So there's all this, this talk about Baker Mayfield and 40 million, and is he worth 40 million? Is he worth 43 million? And the answer is, first of all, if you think Baker Mayfield's a failure or not the guy, then let's not even have this conversation. For, for all practical purposes, let's skip that part of the conversation because I, I don't think that's the case. And, and if that is the case, then we shouldn't even be talking about it because you don't sign him to anything if you don't think he's the, the guy that's going to be your quarterback for the next three or four years. I do think that Baker is the quarterback for next at least the next three to five years. So uh, I'm going to pay him. And I don't care if it's $40 million or $43 million or $43.01 million so that he can say that he's got a bigger deal than Josh Allen. It doesn't matter because... 40 million is only 40 million right this second. I think about Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson signed a quote unquote max deal with the Cavaliers or, or close to max. I can't remember. And it was like $18 million average annual value. 
And then the very next year, the max deal was like 23 or 24 million because the cap exploded and it went way up. And so that's the same thing as what we're talking about here, where people always made fun of the Cavaliers for signing Tristan Thompson to a max deal, but they only signed him to a max deal before the, they redefined what the max was. The max got redefined as something 30 or 40% higher very quickly thereafter. So all of a sudden that quote unquote max deal was just a bargain. And that's the same thing with the quarterback. If you believe that the quarterback is worth signing, you sign them as soon as possible because tomorrow, unless you think the NFL's uh, TV deal is going to go down, tomorrow's deal is going to be more. It's going to be more money. Um, so, of course, yeah, I, th I think Baker Mayfield's the quarterback for the next three to five years. I think they should pay him $43 million or whatever it takes because... 43 million becomes 50 million or 48 million. It becomes something more. It becomes something more later. That's how this thing goes. That's how it works. We know that's how it works. And so the cheapest time to get Baker Mayfield is today. The only cheaper time to get Baker Mayfield is yesterday. And the most expensive time to get him is tomorrow. That's the rule. I don't make them up. I'm not saying I'm happy about it. But at least I'm smart enough to know that that's how it goes. So the cheapest time to get May Mayfield is today because you didn't do it yesterday. So sign him. Sign him as soon as possible for whatever it takes. I mean, obviously, you're not going to pay him 50. But within, within the parameters of what's going on, the Josh Allen deal, make it happen. Just do it. Because the mint... The faster you start paying off that signing bonus, the faster you start taking credit for that those cap dollars that are going to be credited toward the future, the cheaper that deal is going to look as the cap explodes in 2022, 2023, 2024, and beyond. Okay? That's how these things work. We know that's how these things work. So don't get caught up in $40 million. $40 million might as well be a nonsensical term to people like you and me. Okay? We can't wrap our brains around $40 million. We can't. We can't. We're not in that world. You and I, you know, we're just not in that. They're, they're not paying uh, sports podcasters that, that kind of money unless your name is Bill Simmons. And even he's not getting $40 million um, a year. It's not happening. So just stop stop trying to pretend like you can relate. Just know that in this billionaire, multi-billion dollar industry, $40 million is the going rate, and the going rate tomorrow is going to be more. And with that said, you sign Baker Mayfield unless you think he stinks and he's a bust or he's not going to be the guy. That's how it goes. That's it. I want to thank you so much for being patient while we've been taking our break. I'm so happy that football's back. I feel like I'm home talking about the Browns. I feel like I'm home talking to you guys about the Browns. It's going to be a really fun season, or it should be a really fun season. If it's not a fun season, we'll get through it together somehow, some way to, to make sense of it all. I love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. This has been the WaitingForNextYear.com podcast. 
I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.